When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Family, friends, uh, colleagues, whatever. Uh, I want to start the podcast off with uh, talk about healthcare. Healthcare sucks in this country. Um, well, I shouldn't say healthcare sucks. And the people who do healthcare are very nice. Billing in healthcare sucks. Um, I, I, you guys know I kind of left the workforce. Um, January 2020, ironically, it's funny because I applied for, uh, my favorite podcast is my first million, um, hosted by Sam and, uh, Sean and these two guys are great. And Sam put out, I've been following them. If you guys don't follow them and don't listen to them, you're crazy. These guys are inspirational. Um, they basically on their podcast, go over business ideas on how to disrupt how to create businesses. Um, they've both been super, super successful in creating businesses over the years. And now I think what they do is they basically hire people to create those businesses for them. Um, Sam has a job, and, and I was applying yesterday, so I was going over kind of my history um, to write a, hey, tell me about yourself kind of uh, letter. And he, uh, essentially I was remembering, hey, I left the workforce in January 2020. and and. <laughs> It was the craziest thing because uh, if you guys remember, it was January 31st and um, kind of there was news about this disease in China that was killing people um, and they didn't exactly know what it was. It was a virus, blah, blah, blah. But uh, I, I wound up, that's when I started really, really learning about charting. I had always been a fundamental investor. Um, and charting was kind of secondary, but, uh, going over the, uh, about me was, Hey, I, I wound up, um, learning about charting. I didn't tell him about the algorithm. You guys, this is our little secret, the algorithm that I have. Um, but I was going over that and then in the afternoon I went and it's, it's like a 20, $30 bill. Um, but I have American, uh, the, the American Healthcare Act, um, Obamacare is what it's called, healthcare.gov. Uh, and it's because I don't work. Uh, healthcare in this country is tied to work. And if you don't work, it is next to impossible to get healthcare. And so I pay somewhere in the neighborhood, just so everyone's clear, I think it's around $600 a month for a catastrophic uh, plan. The plan has an $8,000 deductible. So it covers nothing until I have $8,000 out of pocket cost. Um, I am a rather healthy person. I have still haven't had COVID, knock on wood. I'm one of the few. My doctor said couldn't, he couldn't believe it. Um, but I still do have very few, uh, very few sicknesses, illnesses, I don't get runny noses other than when I cut the lawn and there's a lot of pollen uh, and there's allergy kind of issues, you know, like everybody does. So I got this catastrophic plan and that's been for the past uh, two years. Now, in April um, uh, 2020, I went to the doctor. Uh, Wellstar, which is uh, the hospital here that I've switched to, uh, and I love the doctor's. I love the nurses. I love everybody that works there, except for the billers and the people who are put in charge of maintaining billing. I, I understand you don't want to give you know a, a credit. These are two charges that are for annual physicals that the insurance company has said, ah, it's due to your deductible. So I go to the insurance company and I say, how is that? It's part of an annual physical. Well, we don't cover that. Talk to the hospital. The hospital says, yeah, we only bill the insurance company, so you're responsible for it. So um, as you guys know, I have plenty of money that, and 
20, 30 bucks, you know, I'll buy you Vixie on one day. <laughs> um, come on. In reality, it's, it's not that big of a deal. But it's the principle of the thing. And, and again, you know, it's not the money that, that is the, the issue. You can't escalate this. They'll send you to collections. I, I'm, I'm basically getting a knock on my uh, credit score for a $20 uh, a hospital bill that I can't even contest. They don't want to hear it. The insurance company blames the provider. The provider blames the insurance company. So, and you're caught in the middle. Well, uh, I'm going to write to my insurance. I think there's an insurance uh, secretary of the state of Georgia. So I'll be writing to them. Um, but I also wanted to tell you guys to listen to the My First Million podcast. They had Mr. Beast on and they they had this clip yesterday, and I don't know when they recorded it, of this guy who started a fabric or a quilting company, and he makes $100 million a year, and he started a quilting company, and he talks about how he did it. Uh, brilliant, brilliant podcast, and the two guys are funny. They keep it entertaining. Um, they're really, really good. So let's talk about the, the market yesterday. Eh, kind of flat. Nothing big. You know what was up? Oil. <laughs> um. There is an Iraq situation right now that's going on. Political instability over Iraq because one of the clerics um, decided not to be in politics anymore, so they really don't have a lot of leadership. Um, Iraq is the fourth largest oil producer in OPEC. Uh, not only is Iraq potentially uh, going to have their uh, citizens block oil exports, which would pull one million barrels of oil per day until that can get done uh, off the market. But OPEC is also meeting to reduce output. And today you have uh, oil and, and energy essentially down. Uh, XLE. Kyle Bass, who is a legendary investor, is on CNBC this morning and he's been talking about energy. He said, hey, listen, you know, with natural gas, natural gas came down because uh, overnight um, in Europe, Germany actually announced that their 80% of their reserves are filled uh, for the winter. Now, their goal was 75. So they're ahead of plan. Uh, we're heading into September. Their goal was by the end of August to be at 75. They're now at 80%. Well, that's good. Uh, still today, uh, the cost of electricity and the cost of energy, they are curbing demand over there by shutting down factories, shutting down high energy um, uh, locations. Even in, in Great Britain, some pubs have been shutting off lights to save energy. Uh, if we have a, a cold winter, you're going to see energy prices just soar. Now, nobody's hoping for this. Um, you can invest in it. Uh, I wouldn't necessarily hope for it because as you get a cold winter, cold kills more than heat. So you will have people dying. So please, it's not my wish that we have a cold winter. I actually hope that I lose money on an energy trade rather than have people die. Um, it is one of the reasons I do not uh, invest in REITs in apartments because I think they are taking advantage of their uh, tenants right now. But um, that's another story for another day. So uh, energy, it's going to pull back today. Buy it. You know, we, I, I talk about this all the time. It's funny because I just did my scans and there was a, um, uh, a ETF, UGA, and I'm not suggesting you buy this one. This is a United States um, gasoline fund that trades on futures. It just crossed up at 59.38. Um, prices will probably be artificially kept down here in this country and they'll be kept down by uh, using oil reserves, using gasoline tax cuts. Um, so I, I don't suggest you buy this one. This The asset performance, just so you know, um, you have seven wins out of 25 positions over a thousand candles. Your average win is 20%. Uh, year to date, it's up 44%. Again, the, the symbol is UGA. You can go check it out on FinViz for its performance. Um, for the, those of you guys that have TrendSpider, look it up in TrendSpider. It just had a MACD cross up on the four hour chart. Uh, I, and, and the reason I bring that up now, I was going to go over my scans at the end like I usually do. But the reason I, and I wasn't going to go over that one, um, but I only found a couple of scans that I actually like. 
Um, so that's why I bring it up. The CEO of Shell, by the way, uh, came out and said energy issues are going to last for more than one year. <clears throat> Kyle Bass thinks this is a 10-year cycle. Um, so uh, I posted on Twitter about five minutes ago that, you know, one of the things that you want to do is try, okay, for energy, uh, where are we going with energy? Well, I, I always bring up COP, um, PXD, uh, FANG, uh, Chevron, Exxon, MPLX, uh, Devon, Occidental. I, I bring up all those names. Those are just ones that I like. So what happens if you find something, an industry that you don't know anything about? And, and I'll use uranium as an example. I've been hearing a lot of, and reading a lot of stories about how nuclear energy is the green energy of now, meaning uh, we can produce low-level um, and, and low-nuclear um, uh, waste. Uh, and if you ever watch, I think you can Google Bill Gates' um, nuclear power, and he's invested in a company that has very uh, small, mini nuclear power faci facilities. Um, and they think they can bring this to uh, the world to provide energy. Right now, renewable energy, meaning uh, wind, solar, um, turbines in rivers and, and, and things of that sort, it just doesn't pro provide the world the energy that it needs. Uh, and even Elon came out yesterday to, at an oil and gas conference and said, hey, <clears throat> for the foreseeable future, we need oil and gas. Because the civilization will collapse without it. And, th and that's true. Uh, as much as we want renewable energy in this country, China is still building coal plants. Um, they're still burning coal and they still don't have enough energy. And so you will need um, uh, energy, uh, some type of wasteful energy, whether it's natural gas, uh, which is cleaner than coal, cleaner than oil, um, cleaner than fossil fuels. Or you will need nuclear. So what's nuclear? Well, uranium is nuclear. So how do I, you know, an investor that knows nothing about the nuclear industry, how do I invest in that? Well, I went to Google and let me just tell you the exact um, thing that I put in, how to find investments in uranium. And the first thing that came up was a website called smartasset.com. I am. Don't know about it. Don't know if I trust it. Don't exactly know. But I went in there and it lists seven, six, seven companies. Um, Cameco, which is the largest producers of uranium. Uh, Kazakhstan National Uranium Company. Uh, BHP. Rio Tinto, which we've talked about on the podcast before. Uh, UEC, Uranium Energy Corp. Uh, and Yellowcake. It lists those companies. and. Um, it, it basically says, gives you a description of them. If you don't like any of those individual companies, it gives you three, four ETFs. Um, and it gives you investment tips for beginners. So how do I find these things? Well, that's one way. You just Google them. Uh, another way is to go into your brokerage firm. Uh, Fidelity, if you know a company, say you like um, Chevron. We'll just use Chevron as an example. I go into fidelity.com. Uh, and again, I, I recommend Fidelity as a broker. Uh, some of you guys have TD Ameritrade. Some of you guys have um, E-Trade, uh, Robinhood. I know nothing about Robinhood, but nothing that I've ever heard has been good about Robinhood other than the fireworks when you do a successful trade, um, which is kind of nice. Listen, it's, it's an app-based um, brokerage firm. So if you like it, you like it. But there always should be a comparison of the stock that you're looking to invest in, in, in your brokerage. I'm, I'm almost 100% sure that E-Trade and TD Ameritrade does have this, but Fidelity does have this. 100% Fidelity has this. You basically go and look at the stock, and then you look at comparisons, and it'll bring up uh, Chevron's competitors so that you can look at several different factors. Fidelity has an equity summer, summary score. Which, by the way, is complete junk. Don't look at it. I don't think there's anything, any benefit to this whatsoever. Uh, I've talked with folks at Fidelity who are traders 
Traders don't find this useful. If you're using um, fundamentals to to invest in, it might be a little bit useful to compare companies. Um, for instance, Chevron has a 9.1. Exxon has an 8.6. ConocoPhillips has a 9.6. Uh, Phillips 66 has a 5.9. So don't exactly know why they have a 5.9. Uh, I'm sure there's reasons in there. I'm not going to go into it. Um, but you can see the price performance for 52 weeks of each of these. You can see the PE, for instance, Chevron has a 8.8 .8 PE. The industry average is 8.91. Uh, Exxon has a 7.88. Would kind of tell me, you know, again, I have hundred thousand, couple hundred thousand dollars worth of Exxon. Um, 7.88. I like it more than I like Chevron. Chevron's run up here. Uh, you know, Exxon has run up a little bit more. The beta score is kind of the risk score on these, and you can look at them. Uh, and the shares outstanding. So how how many shares outstanding times the uh, the share price is the market cap? So those are things that you can look at. That's how I found it. I just tweeted about it. Hey, I'm gonna go over this because I just did it myself. Um, I'm looking at uranium as potentially going with some nat gas um, and some oil. Because I do think energy going forward is a good uh, investment. Even Kyle Bass said it. Hey, um, you know, some of these big ETFs that are ESG uh, focused that aren't investing in fossil fuels because their investors don't like it. BlackRock is a good example. Hey, we're going to hold ESG, so we're not going to invest in fossil fuel companies. Uh, they're missing the boat. And so Kyle Bass was like, hey, some of these family run um uh, kind of offices, financial offices, they might do better because they can, over the next 10 years, take advantage of the energy trade that isn't ESG focused. Uh, so uh, between Iraq, the CEO of Shell coming out, Kyle Bass, um, the, the, the price, again, if I, I look at Boyle, let's look at Boyle because KOLD came up um, and I think Boyle's down to 102. Uh, KOLD, is up, I think that's up slightly. It closed at 1045. It's up at 1076. So um, it's about 5% up. Uh, you know, it, it, I do think KOLD is probably, Boyle has had that crazy, crazy run. Your, I, um, uh, your RSI on KOLD is 39.7 on a four hour chart, on the Trend Spider chart. You're still in the $10.44 trade that uh, uh, TrendSpider, my algorithm, has you in. You're at 1074. So if you had bought it at close yesterday, 1044, you would have, it's August 19th was the cross-up. And it's just kind of floundered there, and the RSI just kind of floundered between 38 and 40. Um, it hasn't gone anywhere. Kind of capitulation. So, I, you know, again, do I think that long-term uh, boil goes back to 140? I do. But am I buying a decaying asset and just holding on to it for months and months and months? Absolutely not. I have friends that do that. Um, some have gained. Many have lost. I'm looking at Devon Energy down 1.25 in the pre-market. Uh, MPLX down 0.24. Oxy down 1.2. Um, Exxon down 1.2. Exxon under 100 again. Buy it. Buy it. Again, buy energy on its weakness. Um, another group that came up yesterday is pot stocks. And I do not suggest you invest in the long term in pot stocks. But these are such hype trades that you can absolutely trade these. Now, uh, Canopy, which is the largest, uh, the largest pot stock, they had their earnings on August 4th. There is no catalyst out here until... Um, it looks like November 3rd. You had a MACD cross-up on July 29th at $2.53. Guys, if you look this up, the symbol is CGC. Cat, Gary, Cat. It is now at $4. You've almost doubled your money. Now, the algorithm, again, these stocks are not good stocks to own. The algorithm loses you 21%. Buying and holding this stock loses you 75%. The average win is 28% on this stock. 
You've had 32 positions over 1,000 candles, only 8 wins. They're good trading stocks. When these things get down, and again, I probably wouldn't have entered this trade, and the reason I would, have been, would not have entered this trade is because the RSI was in no man's land at 48. That's a little high for me to take a $2.53 stock. That's been, again, if you're looking at trading the trend, make no mistake, this is a downward trending stock, but was up almost 10% yesterday. Um, it's got confirmation. Uh, I want to say that it's probably going to pull back today. Let's look at it. CGC. Nope. It's up. It's up at 407. Um, so it's just up over four. Now your 10 day volume is 16 million. Your 90 day volume is 9 million. Uh, your short interest, it doesn't list short interest. Um, they have no catalyst. They're losing $5.43 per share. Um, their 52-week low is $2.13. Their 52-week high is $17.72. So do I think that this has a possibility of getting back up to 17 I don't know. Does it have a possibility of getting to 5 Probably at some point. But pot stocks, you're going to have to sit there and wait on them. Tilray is another one. Um, T-L-R-Y. Uh, Tilray is a, uh, they just had a MACD cross up just two days ago, $4.06. Uh, they were up 3% yesterday. Um, this one is not, they've got their catalyst coming up on October 5th. They just had their earnings. They're losing 19 cents per share. This one's kind of floundered. The algorithm loses you more than buying and holding. The average win is 31%, but you only have nine wins out of 35 positions. So, do I think that you could probably invest in this one? Uh, I don't know. I, again, pot stocks for me are just not exciting. Um, the, if you wanted to invest in uh, pot stocks, um, Constellation Brands, STZ. This is the, I think it, they do Corona and other kind of beers and liquors uh, as well. They have an enormous uh, investment in canopy uh, growth. I think that's who they, they own. Uh, this one is a significantly better stock for you to own. Not trade, but own. Uh, Constellation Brands, the algorithm makes you 12%. The buying and holding makes you 35%. Uh, the average win is only 5%. The average loss is 2%. 27 positions over 1,000 candles. 10 wins, 17 losses. Uh, this one, I would not buy it now. It just had a MACD cross down. Uh, it probably is going to sink. My guess is it's going back to the 50 day at 247. Um, if it goes back to the 200 day, 244. So I think you could get it closer to that 246 price that we had with a cross up on August 15th. Just a guess, but if you were looking at those kind of stocks, I'd, I'd point you towards uh, STZ, Constellation Brands. So that's what I have to say about that one. Um, by the way, Jim Cramer is now playing judge on the Twitter Elon Musk thing. Uh, just update, Twitter is kind of falling. Elon Musk, this isn't a surprise. He um, amended his complaint uh, about getting out of the Twitter deal to include the whistleblower. And so now a judge is going to have to hear, does it delay the trial? And, you know, it, it is what it is. Again, if you're holding Twitter like I am, um, then it shouldn't really matter to you. It just means that it goes on longer. Um, Tesla stock is up. So, um, yeah, just because they assume Tesla, again, when I look at Tesla in the algorithm, let's look at Tesla in the algorithm. Um, I, in my mind, I think we go back and cover that gap between 249 and 254. That's why I said yesterday, hey, 275, 250 to 275 is probably my um, uh, purchase. Again, remember before last year earnings, I got out at 750, I believe. So I was significantly under where it should have gone. Do I have regrets? No. Come on. Take your profits in this market. If, if something from January to August now hasn't told you take profits, then I don't know how to teach you. Honestly, you should be taking profits when you can. 
Do not hit me up on Twitter and say, should I sell? Do not hit me up on Instagram saying, should I sell? Do you have a profit? Sell. Do you have a tax loss harvest that you could use? Sell. Honest to God, uh, if you think you should sell, you should absolutely sell. Uh, You should know when you enter a trade, when you want to get out. I took 50% of my Tesla stock and I sold it. I am going to buy back in. It will be back down at that price. Uh, This is not how I treat my Apple. Apple, I can't time. Uh, In fact, let's look at Apple to see uh, where we are in the algorithm because we were out. Yeah, we're still out. There's no MACD cross up on Apple. The RSI is at 31. The MACD is still falling down. There's no reason to get back into Apple if you're out of it. Um, I think that 200 day at about 153 is probably where we're going. Uh, I could be wrong. There's a gap here between 157 and 159. You probably are going to fill that one. Uh, 10 years from now when you're holding Apple, are you going to be upset that you paid a dollar more than the actual low and you didn't hold out for that low? No. No. (laughs) I can tell you from experience, no, you won't be. Um, On the daily chart on Apple, um, it was interesting. Joe T., Uh, Joe Terranova said yesterday, he's been waiting to buy the Qs on this pullback. And he said his next purchase, and he's been saying this uh, all the way since, uh, I think, Thursday, maybe Wednesday. And he said Friday's opportunity of buying the Qs, he didn't think it was done, so he wanted to hold off. But he said his next purchase was going to be the Qs. Well, yesterday he said, I'm buying Apple. He bought Apple at 161.50. Do you think he wanted to wait until 159? No. He's down this morning. Uh, Apple's at 162.29. So he's actually up 161.50. Um, but he bought for his, uh, uh, his ETF, Joe T. Um, Stephanie Link, on the other hand, says she's selling Amex. Uh, Apple needs to come in for more for her in order to add to her position. Um, she likes in the tech sector, IBM, Broadcom, weekly uh, stock picks yesterday posted just a master class newsletter and master class analysis of Broadcom earnings that I think are coming up tomorrow after the bell. Uh, Stephanie Link would be buying. Uh, Miley weekly stock pick would be buying. So. Um, she says those are the ones she's, she also said, by the way, uh, materials and energy are, are her big ones, but Apple again, don't try and time it. Just buy it. The MACD is, is crossing down. There's no reason to get in right now, but do I know that it's going down to the, the volume shelf that I see here? Let me pull this volume shelf in a little bit. Um, where is it? There it is. I'm going to pull it in to say January 3rd or December 31st. We'll put it into December 31st. So where are most people holding Apple today? From January 1st until today, the volume shelf is at 173. The majority of people who have bought and held Apple are at between 172 and 173. Are they upset that they purchased at that level? Nope, not one bit, I bet. These are people who bought at the top and who are still holding. 10 years from now, are you upset? No. They're, the only catalyst that you've got going is the, the iPhone uh, release next week and uh, October 27th, the earnings. And the only reason I know about the iPhone product announcement is because I'm so tied into Apple. Um, There was an analyst on yesterday that said, uh, and I looked at it too, he thinks that SPY will go to 3,900. And and the reason we were just kind of bouncing yesterday was uh, the the 50-day. It goes right up to the 50-day on SPY. So he thinks there's more downside to come. but uh, one analyst I saw said Boeing is a, a stock that you should get into. Uh, Boeing's uh, MACD cross-up was at 170 on August 26th, the last week at 170. If you wanted to get into that one, 
there was a gap here between 159 and 161. We may be heading down there to fill that gap. Well, actually, you know what? That gap was filled. Uh, you got out with a 19% gain on August 22nd. It got to right back in at 170. It's a good long-term stock. Uh, I have nothing against Boeing. They don't have the dividend, but it is what it is. Um, did you get into TQQQ under 30? <laughs> this one's up in pre-market. Uh, on the algorithm, it's still not a buy. It is at 29 on the RSI, on the four-hour chart. Um, so you don't have a buy on the four-hour chart here, but this is a one that you day trade because, again, it's a decaying asset. Uh, it was trading yesterday between $28.95 and $30.12. So, again, I, you know, it was kind of flat all day. It kind of went down at the end of the day. Was trading at twenty nine twenty five pre market, and then all of a sudden, at um, this morning, it's up. It's kind of down here again. Uh, you're trading at twenty nine seventy nine. You know, under thirty. I I I don't think that's a bad thing. Under thirty. Um, your futures. Let me just check the futures on CNBC, just so I'm aware. They were way up before. Um, they're not quite up so much now. Uh. Dow Future expected open is up 108. That was up 200 about 10 minutes ago. So it's kind of sliding down. Uh, NVIDIA under 160. That's where it was yesterday. This one is probably floating right around the 160 mark. 160.03. It closed at 158. So everything's kind of coming back in. The one that I posted yesterday that I liked is Mara. Uh, Marathon Digital Holdings. Now, this one is at 12.11 in pre-market. Uh, it went, you know, pre-market really doesn't have much kind of to go on with Mara. I would say anything under 12 is a good price on this one. Um, when I look at the, the algorithm on Mara, and I posted it yesterday, there's nothing different today. It's still going down. The MACD is not crossing up yet. The strike line, you're probably going to get it within the next couple of two Two, three days. Um, it gapped down here. So I think we're looking at between 14 and 15. Uh, if we see cryptocurrencies start to go up, I think that's where you could go. Um, it, it, there's a, also a gap down here that, that needs to be filled between 8, 815 and 870. So uh, Lord knows where this is going, but the RSI is down at 34. So my guess is there's a pop here. Bitcoin is up over uh, 20000 again. I like it. Best Buy reported earnings today. Horrible, horrible quarter. But not as bad as expected. Again, it was a horrible quarter. They're going to have to uh, manage their inventories over the, uh, the, the, the holidays. BBY, and I've held this one and traded it in the past. Um, you just got out with a 12% gain, uh, on August 23rd. I have traded again. Like I said, I've traded this one in the past. I am a fan of Best Buy stores. Love going into Best Buy stores. The RSI is down at 35. This MACD is still not crossed up. Uh, I would not get into this. I think in a good, healthy market, this is a hundred dollar stock. It's 73 right now. Eh, nothing to be right home about. Macy's we talked about. Um, again, retail has kind of taken it on the chin. Macy's you're out. And, and the only reason I bring this up is because, um, I did think that this is going back to 20. There's a volume shelf here at about 1750. And I think that's where you trade down to. And then you've got the ex dividend date on September 14th. Um, that's where I think this one's going. Uh, now, uh, Sega. I know a couple of people who have Sega. This is, uh, let me make, just make sure. Is Sega the one um, with the monkey pox? I think this is the one. Yeah. Sega Therapeutics Technologies. Sega Technologies is the one with the monkey pox vaccine. Now, what's interesting about this one is you had a 38% gain. This has been in free fall absolute free fall since it hit 30 
or no, it hit 25. Um, there is a gap here between 12 and 13. I think you're covering that gap on the way down. Uh, this, there's no reason. The RSI is at 26. It's continuing to go down. Uh, there is nothing, nothing here. This was a monkeypox play. Um, monkeypox should be filled. You know, th- th- going forward, they have nothing but monkeypox. So that's why you're seeing it go down. Um, there was a, a run up here all the way since May. And, and in May, you were trading at about $6. And you ran it all the way up to 25 Be thankful. If you're in this, take your profits. Because I, I don't see how it's going to go up. There's a volume shelf, a very clear volume shelf here at 11 And the 200-day the with that gap, I, I think you, it's like a magnet getting drawn in there. Um, bed, bath, and beyond. And the reason I take a sigh on this one is I didn't see it. Uh, you got a gap here. And it seems like it's trying to fill this gap between 12 and 16. It's at 15, I think, in pre-market. Let me just make sure. Um, yeah, 14.65. The only explanation is short squeeze. That's the only explanation, short squeeze. I, I think they have another round of funding coming up on Wednesday um, where they should get more. There's a MACD cross-up here happening. Makes no sense. Again, th- this is a $10 stock. The volume shelf is clear at $10. And and once it passes $10, $5 is your your support level. So I have no idea why in the world it bounced off this $8 mark. Um, It had no support to do so technically. Um, And this is not a fundamental stock. So it's pretty much up to who's ever buying it. Um, So let's look at, uh, there's a couple of Nat Gas stocks that I want to look at. Uh, CRK, Comstock uh, Resources, which uh, we've talked about before. Um, this has been on a run since July 7th, $12.16. It has just continued to, to soar up to $20.76. The RSI right now is at 73. It is completely overbought. Um, does that mean it's coming down? No. Natural gas is just one of those things right now where I, I believe supply is greatly um, under-resourced by demand. And so even though the RSI, from a, a technical standpoint, um, you shouldn't be buying, I can't tell you not to buy. It's got all of the confirmation in the world. Um, so, you know, on pullbacks, maybe you should get into this one. Uh, VET, Vermilion Energy. Uh, we talked about this one on earnings. Um, and earnings was at, we talked about it, having a, a MACD cross up at $25.94. You're at 30 now, right after earning. Uh, this has, has run like you wouldn't believe. I mean, from 25 uh, on, uh, let's see, August 11th, all the way up to 30. And it's still got confirmation. The RSI is at 68. Yesterday, the RSI was at 77. So it's come down a little bit. So it's a little red today. Um, you know, listen, 2% trading in, the, in that one. And then the uh, Josh Brown favorite that we talked about when it hit 150, it was going to take off. And it absolutely 100% did. It's got that little dovetail on it. Uh, the MACD is kind of crossing down the RSI is at 54. It's kind of come down a little bit. It's lost a little bit of confirmation. If you haven't taken profits, I probably would take profits. Um, my guess is that we come down to 155 at this point. Uh, and the only reason we come down to 155 is because people will take profits like I'm telling you to do. Uh, if I pull back to these recent highs, your volume shelf right here is at 150. 100% volume shelf at 150. If you cross that volume shelf, the next volume shelf you have is 130. Uh, this is a crazy, crazy stock. Uh, I think you can absolutely trade in it. Um, uranium, we talked about uh, some of the uranium stocks, and you can look at my Twitter. Uh, I also post it in the stories on Instagram. Um, but UEC is one uh, in that list. They had a MACD cross up on August 24th at $4.14, and you're at $4.46 today. Uh, so it hasn't gone up huge. 
But you look at their earnings, their earnings were positive. They've kind of traded between this range. Eh, might be a good one to go into. Uh, so let's look at some of our favorites from the past. Qualcomm, because Qualcomm's going to be up today just because it's been sit down so much. You're trading at 137. Let's look at Qualcomm real quick. Um, I still don't think that you're done going down. And Exxon, by the way, is on my screen right now. Exxon under 100, buy it all day long. Um, we'll look at some energy stocks too. Uh, Qualcomm at 138, buy it all day long. Buy it all day long. Dividend yield 2.19%. Chips are hated right now, but there is a clear, clear volume shelf here at 135. But the clearest volume shelf is at 150. And that's not very far off from, you know, the volume shelf I have, it only goes back to June, the beginning of June. And the, the largest amount of people holding are at 150. It's going to bring this stock back up from 137 to 150. At some point, the market may take it down to fill this gap at 128 to 130. But if you buy at 137, are you upset if it goes down to 130? Well, you probably should have some type of stop loss there. I would probably put in my stop loss at about 5%. I don't exactly know what that is, but it's around 132 probably. So if you go down to 130, you could probably ride it through the, that gap at one, uh, 128, you know, and, and, and then take it and buy it again and, and ride it up to 150 at some point. Uh, Cleveland Cliffs, we talked about. I talked about that having the, um, the MACD cross-up. At 1947, you're at 1855 right now. Let's see what it is in pre-market. <clears throat> uh, 1850. So it's a little bit down. Um, that you're still in that trade. The the MACD has not crossed down. You're still in that trade at 1947. So even though if you had gotten in at, at 1947, I did not because there has not been confirmation for me to get in. There has not been a move that has told me, hey, get in here. So I, I did not make that move in. Uh, right now, it's just capitulating. I'd rather wait. If it gets more towards 19, I'll probably buy in and make sure that I get, can get a 10% move. Um, we've talked about Moderna, and this is going to be tie into our, uh, our scan for the day. Moderna is in a free fall, but that MACD right now is kind of crossing up with the RSI at 28. The, again, this is from a technical standpoint. Now, a macro standpoint, Moderna is entering into the fall where they are going to start selling their, um, their, they're going to start selling their, uh, COVID vaccine that um, has Omicron. I don't know why my headphones are uh, echoing, but they are. Um, I hope I don't have reverb on. But they're going to start uh, selling their COVID uh, Omicron vaccine. And this will be the last time that governments around the world will buy a ton of this. Uh, again, they, they, there's no reason for them to uh, continue producing these. They're also in a lawsuit with Pfizer that Pfizer and BioNTech uh, infringed on their patent while they were creating their uh, mRNA vaccine. Uh, Scott Gottlieb kind of said this yesterday. Uh, what's going to happen is you will have these two companies in court. You'll have some type of fine that will be paid um, that will make no difference whatsoever to either of the companies. Uh, and the only people who will wind up getting rich off of this are the, the lawyers. And that's kind of the way lawsuits go. But mRNA, uh, it has not crossed up. I will tell you when it crosses up. But remember, this one gaps up a lot. The uh, algorithm makes you 288% over 1,000 candles. Just buying and holding has only made you 120%. So you've doubled. The average win on this is 28%. Again, it's a 11 wins, 13 losses. So you have a chance of winning 50% of the time on this one to gain yourself about 28%. Again, it's less than, you know, uh, probably uh, uh, Vegas, but come on. Investing isn't, isn't Vegas. So mRNA is, is, is one that I, I, I'll keep an eye on for you. DRV, which is the short of the real estate market, we talked about this. This had a MACD cross up at 35. You're at 43 right now. Guys, poof, 
great trade. We talked about this one. Uh, your average win on this one is 11%. You're at, you've got your 10%, maybe 20% on this one. This was a great trade last week, 35. I talked about it a lot. God, why don't I listen to myself on this? Goldman Sachs, we talked at buying under 300. The reason I, I bring this one up is because it's in free fall in the MACD. You've got a, the only catalyst you have is the um, ex-dividend date. That's happening August 31st, tomorrow. Uh, you, you're out of this trade. You're not in it. I've got it on alert, so I'll let you know when it does cross up. Um, but it's not crossing up anytime soon. If we get down more closer to, uh, let's look at the book value. And again, if you go to Finviz, the book value is in the left-hand column. Uh, the book value per share is 301. So if this gets down to 300, buy it. Again, long-term, you're going to make money. We talked about this one at 296 uh, back in, let's see, it was a 300 crossover in July. And it just kind of continued up. I talked about this probably even before that MACD cross-up, right before earnings. I said the, the book value on this is 296, and that's what it was then. Now, when I look at the volume, um, the average price where people are holding it, I'll pull this back to April, April 21st. The average price that people are holding this is 320. That's probably where it's going. My guess is that's where it's going to go. People will probably start taking profits, bring it down to 320. So the one scan that I've got today for you is um, uh, BNTX, Biontech. It's the only one that showed up, um, honestly, through all the scans that I did in the energy sector, uh, the ARC funds, my holdings, recently viewed. Um, and if you're in uh, TrendSpider, what I'd use up for the, if you want access to it, I'll give you access to what I use for the market scanner, uh, and I do it on the current candle. So, uh, BioNTech is the only one. It crossed up here at 144.54. Now, what's ironic is it got you in August 26th at 145. It got you out August 29th with 3% loss, but it got you right back in. Again, this MACD is kind of crossing up, crossing down. The reason I bring this up is the RSI is at 36. Moderna, you guys know, like I just went over, uh, it's, it, MACD hasn't crossed up. The RSI is super low. All of these stocks are just, COVID's out of favor. Uh, we're heading into the fall. COVID's probably going to increase in the news again. Uh, people are trying to get back to work. Um, you know, the, the higher ups, there was a report about Jamie Dimon blowing a gasket in a meeting, yelling that people need to get back to work. He won't go on air and say, or go out in public and say people need to get back to work. And the reason he won't do that is because the intern class that they, uh, were, got, they, they were basically vying for was probably not the best of the best. And the reason was because those people didn't want to go into work. And Jamie Dimon was all over the air going, if you work for uh, J.P. Morgan, you will go back into work. So, you know, it is what it is. Um, but it's an interesting kind of uh, kind of play on this one. I think COVID is going to get back in the news. And so 144 is the cross up. The, the MACD is low. Uh, it's crossing over up low. The, the RSI 36 officially in no man's land, but low enough that I think you could take the trade. Um, again, if you want, want to wait for Moderna, Moderna, just so you guys know, um, the performance on BioNTech in the algorithm, it makes you 217% versus 151% with the uh, uh, just buying and holding. And, and again, you go two years back from today, you're in August of 2020, which was post-pandemic, but pre-vaccine. That's why you're seeing such big wins in this. Remember, BioNTech and, and Moderna, you're looking at a large amount of time that was pre-vaccine, still four months. When we get to December and January, you're going to be looking at gains that are post-vaccine announcement. So you're lo really looking at the hype play there. But 
The algorithm does do well. It makes you on average 25% in buy in tech. There are 11 wins, 18 losses. So a little bit less than, uh, than Moderna. But uh, I see in the futures, we're up. Um, I'll, anything you guys want to hear about, uh, let me know. Uh, let's look at App Harvest. I think they had a um, cross up, if I remember. Yeah, they had a cross up at 312. You're at 294. So you haven't lost too much. Um, you haven't gotten out of it. The MACD hasn't crossed down. It probably will today, ironically, if we are still down. Nah, it'll probably take a couple of days for that to, to go down. But um, if you have any questions, hit me up on Twitter. Hit me up on, and, and again, uh, my favorite, my, my first million um, podcast. If you guys want to apply, Sam has a job out there. Compete against me. I kind of said, hey, I work cheap because I don't need you to support me. It's a part-time job, so you guys probably don't want it. Uh, great, great opportunity. I'm seeing Devin at open down 2%. Um, you know, I still say anything over 60, um, sell anything under 60, buy on Devin, but that price probably needs to be changed. Um, uh, I'm looking at J&J's down slightly, uh, MPLX down 3%. Oxy or I'm um, 0.8%. Oxy is down 3%. Buy on weakness. Buy on weakness. Shopify up 2%. Uh, Square up 2%. So your growth names are coming back. Your arcs are up 1 and 2%. Um, AMD up 0.5%. Uh, Baba, by the way, um, under 100 again. Baba went slightly over 100 uh, August 26th to 105. Um, again, the buy-in was 87.90. You're seeing the dovetail. It's probably going to fill this gap between 93 and 95. Uh, I don't expect it to come back down into the 80s. I could be wrong. Uh, but again, I, you know, with the, the Chinese government and the U.S. government agreeing to some type of accounting standards, I think your uh, Chinese stocks may be free to, to run again. Ethereum's up 3%. Bitcoin's up 1.2%. Let's look at Mara. By the way, Cleveland Cliffs is moving up 1866. Um, your UVIX is going down. Your VIX, by the way, is at 2589. Mara is under 12. So, again, remember, I, I think I said under 12 on this one would be a good one. Uh, if you can get it, it's over 12 now. Uh, UVIX is at 1022. Uh, it is moving up, which means the market is probably moving down. Um, volatility might move in a, the, the biggest one is mobile gaming, global e-gaming. Um, MGAM is up 43% in pre-market. Oof. But uh, again, take profits when you can. Remember, we're still in a downward trending market, so trade the trend. Hit me up on any of the platforms that you want. I've got a link tree in both my Twitter. I think I have to put it in my Twitch profile, but I've got it on my Twitter and my Instagram where I am active. Probably have to do more Twitch. But if you have any questions, hit me up. Thanks. Take care. Bye.